Welcome to the Results Fastcast, the podcast created by personal trainers to help and support our clients by providing useful and applicable information to all things related to exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle. We will be discussing about how to get fantastic results at all levels, from beginners to advanced, as well as discussing news, current affairs, and how to understand what is the best path for you. My name is Ian Mellis, and I have been a personal trainer for close to 20 years now. Um, I own a business called Results Fast, based in Ware, Hertfordshire, where we train people one-to-one and in small groups. Um, I'm joined today by Io Williams of Achieve Your Objective Training and Nutrition. He specialises in helping dads in their 40s get lean, lose their stomach fat and restore their energy in just 30 minutes per day. Welcome, guys. Welcome to episode two of the Results Fast cast. Um, I'm again joined uh, by Io Williams. Welcome, Io. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Right. Today, uh, what we're going to be doing we're going to be discussing nutrition but not in the sense of uh, we're not doing healthy recipes this isn't a cook-along um what we're going to be doing today is discussing things like pitfalls how to set yourself up for success um where the problems fall for people and it's interesting it comes in a week where it's been announced um on the uh, through research of an appetite suppressing drug which is meant to help people uh, lose weight obviously um people on average on this study who received this injection lost 15 kilograms of weight uh compared to the study group who uh, lost two and a half kilos of weight over i can't remember what the period of time was um and it's interesting to sort of come to this um i just want to get your thoughts on that io about the new new study and how that probably relates to most people Yeah, uh, my first thought when I saw the study was let's go and have a proper look at uh, the conditions of the study. Is it legitimate research? In other words, was there a control group? Uh, Do we know that the actual drug was effective in what they say it was doing? The answer to that is yes, there was a control group and the control group did lose an average of 15 kilograms of weight loss in the time. It was 15 months compared to just under three kilograms in the... uh, the control group so yes the drug did work it's an appetite suppressant of course it worked now (laughs) i went on a bit of a rant yesterday on social media um, and my rant was against uh, short-termism so there's two points i have to make on the study the study is robust and strong Uh, this drug does work but it's aimed at people who are you know seriously obese Um, people who can lose uh, 20 kilograms of weight and it's, you know, uh, and it takes them from 150 kilograms to 130, uh, something like that. It's aimed at people who are in danger, real danger, uh, imminent danger um, of a morbid outcome. Uh, That's who this drug is aimed at. So it's an appetite suppressant, it's a strong one. It does work in getting that weight down. It's not really, aimed at people who are general population looking to get a bit slimmer, uh, looking to restore their energy and looking to get in slightly better shape. Uh, so this drug, um, you're reading about it thinking, oh, maybe that's for me. It's not really. I mean, there are programs on the NHS, um, which are quite intense in terms of stripping out all the carbohydrates, starchy carbohydrates from your diet in order to get you from 
diabetic to, you know, non-diabetic. You know, I think Tom Watson uh, from the Labour Party did one. Um, and they're very effective. My point is, uh, do they work in the long term? Are you looking to stay on that drug or that treatment for the long term? Or are you going to stop that drug and have the weight creep back on? So if you're looking at doing things properly and you're not in danger of death, look at a plan, look at starting a plan which you can maintain. So only go for this drug if you're in danger of death and your doctor has told you that. If not, look at a plan which includes some of the things you enjoy, which doesn't involve a drug which actually actively suppresses uh, one of your responses and work at keeping things in your diet and lifestyle uh, which you can, which make you happy and will also enable you to get to your goals. It's interesting because it's remarked on as an asset, you know, an alternative to bariatric uh, surgery. And if you were going to get effectively, you know, bariatric surgery to effectively shrink the size of your stomach, you're going to have to be clinically obese anyway. Um, well, I presume so uh, on the uh, NHS. I'm, I'm not sure if you uh, jump abroad of, uh, you know, what type of surgeries you can get in other countries. But on, on that case, it, it's sort of another sticking plaster over the actual root cause that if you're taking someone from A, you know, A to B, but they've still got a further journey to go, do we keep on suppressing their appetite for a period of time? Do they continually stay on this drug forever and ever? So whilst you might, as you say, you might get the short-term win, which in some people's case might be a lifesaver. I think the process of education is often underrated because it's never a BBC headline. Someone, <laughs> someone <laughs> exercised three times a week and um, ate really sensibly. Um, you know, man creates that, that, That's not selling any papers, man. That's not getting a headline. Um, <laughs> but we know that. We know that. But the truth is, uh, this treatment will provide a lot of hope to a lot of people. Uh, it is effective in the same way that, um, you know, having a stomach staple is effective. Um, but it's a last resort. Uh, and the way it was written, um, they obviously write it so you know it's a solution uh, for the masses who just want to get a little bit, you know, fitter and healthier and better shape. It's not that at all. Uh, ultimately, even though. after, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, I was going to just say it's the sorry, headline, sorry. though, isn't it? It's, it's that typical headline grab that we see all the time with fitness and nutrition. It's not to say that I'm bored with it, but I've just sort of seen so many pieces recently um bemoaning you know the, the gym is dead you know um you know real food won't exist anymore and things like this these 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 um these articles which are really sort of uh, quite um how would I put it baseless in the sense of what they sort of um what they paint is this picture with no uh, framework of actually what really works for people, just this extremism approach. You know, it's, you know, it's, it, it, how can I put it? We don't know what the combination of combining this uh, appetite suppressant drug with perhaps healthy exercise and good nutrition. You know, maybe that would be useful, but I think it's always that, you know, we always get this headline, which is a very extreme version of behaviors that either won't be sustainable for people um, or potentially not available to people, but people will be attracted to it and hear about it and think that uh, in one jab, I can have this solution. I know jabs are top of the agenda this week. Um. 
<laughs> hey man, it's, it's the world we're living in, and um, and fair, fair enough. And it is a bit of human nature. You want everything as quickly as you can, um, and people want to sell a paper. But you know, it's it's our job um, to uh, promote things which are sustainable. It's our job to make uh, results yeah. rather than quick, fast processes, uh, sexy and as as attractive as a quick fix. Uh, yeah. And that is basically what it comes down to uh, you've got to make you've got to make the process of keeping in shape effortlessly as mm. attractive as getting there quickly uh, and if we're not doing that we need to do better that's i mean to be honest it brings us into sort of the, what we're going to discuss today because um when you you know i you know when we we meet someone initially what do you find um the common pitfalls are when people are looking to turn a new page with their exercise and their nutrition what are the common um or, or the initial uh things that you know usually cause people to slip up a little bit or that you find so i think it's it comes down to goals and getting those goals uh, right. You want them realistic. Uh, if you set unrealistic goals at the start and you don't see any immediate results or progress towards it, uh, that's a pitfall which damages motivation. Um, overreaching, a poor initial structure. Um, actually, I'd, I'd say a reasoning behind uh, what you're doing. I think you, under, you, have to, you have to have an understanding of why you're doing what's been asked of you. So you discuss uh, the way forward with your coach or your trainer. Um, and it's important to understand why you're doing that, I think. So A, why? what's the real reason I'm trying to get to where I want to get to? And B, why is doing this going to work? So for example, um, what's the real reason uh, you want to lose three inches off your off your waistline. You know, you could, you could say, well, the reason is I just want my jeans to fit better. Okay, but ask a couple more whys, why, why, why. You might find that the real reason is actually uh, they want to uh, lose that weight so they can be a better role model for their kids. And that's a powerful reason why they're doing it. Uh, when it comes to the structure of what they're doing, it's understanding why you're being asked to do something. So if your trainer or coach is asking you to get more protein onto your plate, why is that? And once you understand that there's a real scientific reason uh, for you to get more protein onto your plate, namely that it will fill you up more um, and leave you less hungry between meals and leave you less likely to snack, that it will fuel your muscles um, and give you that lean tissue which will burn calories higher and a faster rate even when you're not moving. Once you understand that and believe that, then it's easier to get more protein on your plate because you understand that there's a reason why behind it. So the reasoning behind the structure from both angles is something which is, if overlooked, can be a pitfall. Mm. And that, that in turn is probably an issue with goals, isn't it? Because if goals are in essence unstructured and we're not focusing on processes, then it doesn't matter really how lofty the goal is because the goal actually, the goal is just a product of a number of behaviors. So the pitfalls in essence are, if you've got a goal and you're just gonna march towards your goal without, um these smaller processes understanding why they're going to be uh really relevant to you um it just means that there's the, the lack of structure the lack of process means that your goal is just really a number on a piece of paper and 
I, I get that a lot that where people come in and it's like I want to um I want to lose weight I want to lose you know I'm like or define it I want to lose a stone I'm going to exercise three days a week that'll be enough won't it well you know we don't know we don't know this at the moment there's there's things we know <laughs> and there's uh, things we don't know um you know we we put a value on it which is sort of in certain situations that might be great whether that's a, you know a stone of weight loss or two pounds a week or getting into a pair of jeans but really the goal isn't actually the goal the goal is the processes that lead to achievement whether that's two liters of water um an extra serving of vegetables monitoring portion sizes and the problem is that the goal it's a bit like before what we were discussing earlier the goal is the headline <laughs> you know we haven't read down into the detail. <laughs> oh, you've got to do all these things to achieve your goal. Oh, well, okay. You know, I, th I think I sort of see that as the, um, it's almost the element of overstretching, as we sort of said before there. Um, when it comes to healthy eating and undertaking um, and building healthy eating into what you do every day, what are the most important aspects to you or where, what, what are the things that you look to incorporate with your clients? What do you see working, you know, first of all, more than anything else? <laughs> okay. There's, there's loads of things here, but for me, um, uh, and I know this is going to be controversial with a lot of coaches. For me, the, the most important thing is speed of eating. Um, I know that there's a lot of things you could say were more important than that, but I think that speed of eating has got to be near the top of the list when it comes to important aspects of successful healthy eating because speed of eating and fullness awareness are two things which in my opinion and this is my opinion uh trump calorie counting trump um uh you know almost what's on your plate if you can figure out when you're full then it becomes very difficult to overeat. And if you can slow your eating right down, uh, it's much easier to figure out when you're full. It's very easy for me to say this. It's much more difficult uh, for you to actually do it. And this is obviously why I have a job because uh, information is free. Um, implementation and guidance of implementation uh, isn't free. And that's what we charge for ultimately. But um, to, to be honest, speed of eating, if you can train somebody or help somebody and give someone the feedback and the support to slow down uh, and to figure out what it is that's calling them to, causing them to eat quickly and to train them to be aware of their fullness cues, I think that's the most important thing when it comes to successful eating. Eating, eating, eating mm. uh, <laughs> for me. It's, in, it's um, interesting you say that. that. Go on. I, me I remember my, uh, the first time my wife, uh, uh, well, my then girlfriend came round to have Sunday dinner at my parents' house, and to to compare dinner time at her house and my mum and dad's house, it's literally chalk and cheese. It literally, you know, <laughs> so different. And the, the the thing that shocked Claire was that we ate so quickly in our house. You know, we ate like it was like, you know, going out of fashion. It was like an episode of The Simpsons. You know, people were just like, Rah! you know. And it, it, it's, it, it's interesting uh, with that. I, th I think it varies greatly. Um, there's like a social element of eating, isn't there, that um, is often underestimated uh, that what you do 
you maybe don't even realize what you're doing because you've been conditioned to work in a certain way you know in our household it was a bit like if you don't eat it um someone else is probably going to eat it so <laughs> you, know, you better hurry up like, well yeah yeah exactly you know this, this food ain't going to stay warm forever um so <laughs> um and, and i think the dynamic um is different from you know from person to person from household to household and culturally Definitely. uh you know how you how you've been educated how you've grown up and so those the, the things we don't think about and with a lot of the people that i work with it's usually tapping into the things that they don't think about a lot of the time that are quite possibly the issues so i think you know, you know so many trainers out there um you know will give people macro splits i do it as a process of education to help people to understand on the side of a food packet but they've got to start to read food packets to know what's in there but you've also then got to understand that a food packet you know like you know you're buying street food you're not going to get your macro split there you've got <laughs> to understand what is what is enough for me you know what is roughly a serving of protein what's a serving of carbs what's a serving of fat or what's roughly in these foods so it's partly a process of education. And as we spoke about last week, no one comes wanting to be educated. They come looking for the result and they come looking for the motivation. Yeah. Um, but we spend a lot of our time trying to diffuse information information into people by almost, I almost think it's almost like backdoor coaching, you know, like after I've worked with someone <laughs> after, the, the number of times I might have worked with someone for a period of time and we've got, maybe initial result, a little bit of a pushback. And then about a year later, it's all clicked and it's just gone, you know, they've gone from 0 to 60 at that point, you know, <laughs> but really they've gone 0 to 10 to 20 to 30 to then 60, you know, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, there you go. It's, it's that distance travelled, isn't it? And again, it was, I suppose in a way, you know, what, what, you know, what necessitates success, isn't it? Um, whether it's portion size. I think for me, um, I quite like uh, people to track what they're doing um i don't know if you you, you i mean do you, do you have do you like do food diaries yeah when yeah. you say when you say track um yeah we do need to record exactly what's happening um i'm not into the numbers um i market myself and i market myself to people who um it's not a fear of of macros and, and numbers and and things like that it's just a time thing i have obviously over periods of my life counted calories and numbers and done all the macro training and stuff and I don't advise or anyone to do it to be honest I think there's a better way um, but there is an element of tracking I do want you to take a photo um, of your lunch before you start eating it uh, and then we can talk about that and we can look at the the rough proportions of the protein carbohydrate starchy carbohydrate and vegetables on your plate and we can dial them up and dial them down but I'm looking to train people to look at a plate or look at the street food uh, and decide, you know, roughly, relatively accurately, you know, how does that match my goals? Mm. I don't want them to like be able to tell me that there's 246 calories uh, in that, whatever it is. And of those 246 calories, 50 of them are, are protein, uh, because I don't think that's a realistic way to, to, to live your life. I really don't. I don't think it's necessary. You can use that as a tool for learning, um, but then you have to learn, relearn, 
uh, how it works in the real world. There's better ways to do it. You can use hand portions, you can use, use rough guides, and you track by taking a picture, um, talking about it with somebody, uh, sharing knowledge, and then readjusting. You readjust it. As long as you're doing things which are closer to your goal, you will move in the right direction. Um, and something you alluded to earlier, just briefly, I was to say, I do realize that, you know, a lot of people have been eating a certain way culturally uh, for, a, for a long period of time. Do you remember Big George? Uh, hi, if you're listening to Big George. Um, and he said if he didn't eat fast, he wouldn't get any dinner at all in his house. Um, and that was from the age of basically three. Uh, he had three big brothers, I think. Right? Um, so, and we're looking to undo that. Jesus Christ. Exactly. I'm calling Big George for nothing. But the truth is, um, sometimes you're trying to undo years of conditioning. Sometimes you're trying to get people to change the way things they've been doing for a long time. And it does take time. It does take practice. Uh, but if you're willing to, if you want to get to your goals, there are certain things we're going to try and implement into your life and you can do better. It's a whole lot better than, uh, than an appetite suppressing drug or stapling the stomach. So let's give it a go. Mm, yeah no for sure i think it's um i think the thing is that sort of you know what i notice as well is that if you can teach people self-moderation in, in no sense calorie counting sort of isn't really necessary when you're looking to go from good to great or you know you're looking to put a bodybuilder on stage or something like that then knowing exactly the ins and outs is really useful but after a while those people are so controlled by the macro splits or what they're doing they sort of know what they're doing anyway they sort of buy into that lifestyle um people see that think that's what they are doing and really that's a diet from someone to go from 10 percent to four percent body fat um whereas where you know most people are sort of saying well i want to go from say i don't know 25 30 percent down to you know what's a normal i don't know bmi or something like that you know getting down to 10 15 percent um you know perhaps body fat you know look more athletic um you know, because at 10% body fat, you're probably going to have, or 12% body fat, you're probably still going to have visible abs if that's what someone's, you know, goal is. Um, so I, I think the numbers become more specific as you work down, but it goes from someone to someone that the, the, the problem with the numbers is the numbers themselves, they, they end up being controlling, they create barriers and that what you're trying to teach people is that your, your physique is going to be uh, a product of your average over a period of time. So if you're underweight, normal, or, you know, ripped or overweight, really you're an average of what you, your own behavior, your own consumption and exercise. So that's what needs to, your average needs to shift, not what you're going to do Monday to Friday. Um, you know, because if mm. you then go and, you know, you could, you know, count your calories all week, say I'm not going to count them at the weekend, um, just because you're going to have a bucket of wine, a Domino's and the equivalent of a, you know, a four person roast dinner you you know you haven't really um educated yourself in the you know in the in the right way maybe for you know what your goal is going to be um there's a there's a place there's a place for for numbers and calorie counting uh, and that place is uh, approaching uh, the stage um if you want to get covered with a thin layer of grease and tan and and flex um, but if you're looking to um lose you know, your stomach fat get you know, looking to increase your energy levels looking to actually get a healthier lifestyle and healthier physique into your lifestyle and not give up the stuff which makes you smile uh, then i don't think that numbers and calorie counting are the way forward again mm. start as you mean to go on that's a my new mantra um so yes yeah. i think that's 
more important. So tracking, yes, in terms of photos uh, for the time being, so we can get an understanding of what's really happening. Um, but let's keep it real. Yeah, we've um, at the gym, we just revamped all of our nutrition stuff. And it almost runs as a process where we start with more process orientated re related stuff and the, the information becomes almost more, um, I don't want to sort of say extreme as we go down, but it allows people to sort of build what they feel comfortable with, first of all. Um, it's almost like a trickle down process. You know, I, I'm sort of happy if people can moderate, you know, if your goal is say, for instance, weight loss or weight gain, it's understanding what needs to be on your plate fundamentally and that's it, you know, really, you know, you know, for other people who are looking to lose weight from a health perspective, um, yeah, you know, I mean, if you go to the NHS, they're not going to ask you to count calories. Um, you know, they're going to ask you basically to take more exercise, more activity. Um, have you had this handout on healthy eating? The problem is for a lot of people is that health is a really, really poor motivator until you get to the point where you're on death's door and then all of a sudden you want your health. I think um, I saw in a survey, health, improved health is the seventh most motivating factor behind joining a gym. What was um, number one? What was number one? you're gonna hate this um what what the showers look like um really <laughs> yeah yeah seriously yeah, yeah this was in a oh it might, it might be uh last year or the year before it just made me really depressed uh, it, <laughs> what are your you showers know? like ian <laughs> 11 years old yeah oh, yeah they've got a fighting oh, cabinet you at the moment there's no there's no showers because of covid anyway um <laughs> the uh interestingly uh results was i think something like 11th on that list and you know i'll, I'll have to dig it out from somewhere but you know we I, I can't even remember what else was on there but i was just like i've opened a gym called results fast and results are the 11th most motivating thing i just really should have <laughs> just been sort of like nice, probably nice showers <laughs> um, you know but there you go um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw a curveball at that that um that survey i'm gonna say what they didn't ask enough why is say so why did you join the gym oh the showers are nice yeah not and then we've gone to the next person um maybe the, maybe the gym they left the showers are disgusting that's why they left the last gym but exactly. if you ask enough reasons why they they joined they genuinely joined the gym and maybe stayed at the gym it wasn't the showers man oh, it was, yeah. uh, something else i'll be honest the most commercial gyms i've been to you know yeah I'll, I'll probably sort of say yeah i'll probably judge them on the shower standards more than anything else so there you go <laughs> um right so so okay you know when we're working with people um we're trying to install these behaviors uh for successful healthy eating um one of the key things to get people to stick to their goals is to maintain their initial motivation now typically for most people um they would come in we they maybe start exercising they start eating healthy typically you know they habit stack both these things go together we see an initial result so typically by then about week three maybe the gloss has uh worn off a little bit of the new <laughs> behaviors yeah um how do we maintain motivation uh with our clients after seeing, especially after seeing initial progress, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts? How do you uh, maintain initial? We're talking about nutrition, so um, I think really important is decent tasting food, decent tasting food, uh, decent variety of foods, and boredom avoidance. I think is really important. You got to be able to, you know, when when most people, when I ask most people, 
to describe a salad. Um, it's got some tomato in it. It's got a bit of green, a bit of lettuce, maybe a little bit of dressing. You know, some people throw in a crouton, you know. Um, um, and the old phrase, eat the rainbow, um, they never heard of it. It's a, it's a case of you can jazz up your plates. A big part of keeping people motivated regarding healthy eating is providing some simple solutions to get be better tasting food onto their plate while still being healthy. You know, people get bored of the same old thing. People think healthy eating, and if you've never approached it before, you just assume it's going to be, I'm going to eat like a rabbit and I'm going to get bored. But there's absolutely no need to get bored uh, of what you're eating. There really isn't. I mean, you know, you walk into, I mean, there's so many cookbooks out there. There's so much information out there which you just free a, a Google tap away. Um, I... As part thought, of my I thought, program, I thought, um, I, I thought Joe Wicks invented healthy eating. No, <laughs> he's, he's a wise cook. old geezer, man. He's a wise, wise old geezer because he has put a variety of simple foods out there for people, which you can make really fast. You know, I can't. <laughs> I've done the same. So have you. You know, the idea is to let people know it just doesn't have to be tomato and lettuce uh, on your plate every time when it comes to healthy eating, you can jazz it up. So in terms of maintaining motivation with, with, with healthy eating, I make sure that there's fresh recipes every week uh, for that initial 12 weeks, which are easy to cook. They're inexpensive. And I'm saying, try this. You know, yes, I know I'm asking you to train, you know, a couple of times a week, three times a week, but I genuinely want you to try this recipe within the next seven days, just because it's something new that you will have cooked. Oh my word, I've done it in 20 minutes and it tasted amazing and it was healthy. And there's another one and there's another one and there's another one. And the motivation to stay eating in a healthy way is built because you're learning subconsciously that it doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to taste boring. I think that's massive when it comes to the motivation of maintaining it. Most people just assume it's going to be horrible. I think a large amount of it, of what you sort of said there is about control. And the thing is, if um, in all situations, a lot of plans simplify. So it's like, you're going to have, you know, your, your standard chicken, rice and broccoli. And it's almost like, you know, five days of that of, you know, like low palatability food. You know, some people, you know, if you adapt to it for long enough, you know, eventually start to enjoy that. You know, the, some people enjoy the simpler things in life. Um, but the number of times I've had to say to people, get a spice rack. Do you know what I mean? Shush it up a bit. <laughs> You know, you we gotta can jazz it up, man. You gotta jazz it up. You know, I mean, I've seen tender I've stem. <laughs> chicken. It's like a cliche: the old trainer turning up and eating chicken and broccoli out of the same Tupperware bowl day after day after day. That it's a lack of imagination. And whilst you know, I see trainers doing it. I've seen trainers doing it. I'm not going to recommend that or push that onto people who are, you know, have come to me for some help. Mm. Uh, it's just lazy, man. There's no reason not to jazz up uh, your plates and get a bit of variety in. Um, I remember, um, you know, when did, was it was it a couple of years ago? We got a food food delivery company. One, well, no, I won't plug anyone, but they delivered the older ingredients, and mm -hmm. you just in the right measurements, the right amounts, and you just chuck it in, and you make a dish, and that expanded our repertoire in this house of stuff we could cook, which was easy by about twenty meals. You mm -hmm. know, some of them I cook off by heart now, just like that, and it's just. Yeah, it just takes a little bit of imagination. But yeah, you get motivated to eat healthy when you know you've got 
uh, a standard stock of things you can make which are cheap and easy which taste good mm, yeah i think it's about that that uh, prep aspect of it and buying into the process um so that you're not making split second because uh, you know you're, you're always fall to the level of your habitual behaviors so if you're poly organized and you're hungry you'll make a decision that you will be the easiest path to how you behave normally so for instance if that then means that you just whack on some pasta which is absolutely fine i'm not sort of you know this isn't like you know this isn't the catholic church we're not judging um or any other Offends anyone, but um, <laughs> oh, I've done religion, I've done steady, politics, steady yeah. Son. Steady, son. <laughs> week. Um, there we go. Oh, there we go. Play on, play on, play on. Um, but yeah, in, in those situations, if people fall to if they fall to the level of their you know habitual behaviors, um, the thing is, you're never going to build consistency with the new behaviors. So you've got to have you've got to have structure. The structure will it's almost um, self-determining, you know, like or, you know, using self-determination for the whole process of you know building structure, buying into the structure that then builds confidence, so you can buy into it some more, and it just keeps on um, repeating. If you know, typically what uh, tends to happen is that people, you know, drop their calories the first week, exercise five times. Next week, they exercise four times. The calories are sort of low. And then by week three, they've got a cold because they've dropped their calories so low. They've exercised, you know, their arse off. So they're just sore after three weeks of, you know, basically, you know, <laughs> how can I put it, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, just basically smashing themselves. Smashing themselves. Um, and then they're in a position of, okay, I'm feeling a bit weaker. I'm feeling a bit pathetic because I've got low energy because I'm dieting and I've got a cold. I'm going to fall back into my old behaviors there. And that, that, in, you know, that can become sort of almost like cyclical, a cyclical behavior of almost self-hate um, as, as much as anything else. And it's why people sort of stay in this dieting continuum because they can't maintain, you know, they can't build the structures that basically will maintain their motivation over a period of time. I always say to people that my job is that you do this once and we do it well, and then you've always got something to go back to. And the, the people who really buy into our stuff, first of all, they don't beat themselves up about, you know, a bad weekend or even a bad month or a busy period where they haven't done the right things. They, they now know what's going to work for them from a health perspective, from a balance perspective. They just have to return to that. And yeah, in time, they might pick up a bit more activity on certain times and fall away on other parts. But the key is how to build a better, more enduring operating system you know this is what i do normally so it's normal like normalizing these behaviors and that maintains the motivation because then you don't have to maintain motivation if that's what you're going to do anyway it's a weird sort of you know you have to keep motivation until the point where it basically becomes normal um or that you know well, that, that's what i tend to see um if you if you had to get some easy wins for people now to get them moving what, 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 you know, where would you start with someone? Because, you know, where obviously, you know, in the, you know, the, you know, the business, someone comes to you week one. Um, how do we get that process underway? Where do you start? Um, ooh, okay. <laughs> I'd start with the plan. The plan, once you've got the plan in place and you've agreed on that and you want to get an easy win, 
I would give them a recipe to try and say, try that and let me know how it goes. Uh, safe in the knowledge that they will be able to cook it. It will taste great and it will take them no longer than 15 minutes. I mean, a genuine 15 minutes, not like 15 minutes. Jamie Oliver style would actually takes 45 because he had yeah. little helpers off camera. Um, <laughs> so that's an easy win. If someone comes to me and they, they don't have kitchen confidence in something new and that's a surprising number of people i'd give them that easy win say i want you to try this and i want you to you know i want us to talk about it in a couple of days time uh and i know i know what they're going to say i know what they're going to say about that meal and it's going to be it's a confidence builder i would make uh i'd put a couple of habits in i say put a couple of habits in agree a couple of habits that this individual was going to add to their life, which were going to have a positive effect. Now, this is a very individual thing. Um, when we talk, you talked about habit stacking, uh, but the first thing we need to do is get a couple of positive habits into this person's life, which are going to drive them towards their goal. I need to practice these habits. So pick something which is doable. Um, a 10 out of 10 um, confidence rating that they can do it. What's the chances you can get this thing done over the next five days? Ah, probably an eight. Nah, it's not good enough. Let's 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 think about something we can definitely do. Right? What's the chances you can do this? Definitely, one hundred percent for the next five days. Most probably nine out of ten. I'll say, okay. What's going to torpedo it? What's stopping you making that a ten? We'll discuss that thing. We'll find a way around that. When I get a 10 out of 10, we agree on that. Then we talk again in five days. So you make it easy. You know, we've got to look at someone's life now. Look at what is taking away their ability to get to where they are. Most people who are listening to this uh, are in, actually, I'll say that you could be listening to this in 2023, realistically. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I'm going to put a timestamp on a, on a podcast. That's the, uh, you shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it. It's February 2021 and we're in the middle of a lockdown, lockdown three and we're in the UK. Everyone is suffering. Uh, no one can go out. Uh, half the people listening to this are homeschooling. The kids are screaming and they ain't got no time to be like thinking about getting themselves, you know, in better nick. Right. So someone comes to me right now. We need to make sure that we take that, all of that into account. You know, all of those things are taking away from your ability to do that, which you, which you really want to do. All right. So what can we definitely do? What habit can we definitely do, despite the fact that kids are screaming, despite the fact you've got full-time work, despite the fact that no one cooks in your house apart from you, what can we definitely do to move in the right direction? And you're thinking, nothing at all. Yes, there is. There is something we can do. What is it? Let's do it. Let's agree on it. And let's talk about it in five days. You do that five days in a row, that's a win. And that builds motivation. And then we play on from there. In normal times, um... I don't touch nutrition most of the time with people um, in the first couple of weeks. I'm like, you know. At all? No, not really. Well, people will, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. Um, the reason being is that, you know, you know, look, you know you, you've made this positive change. You're exercising now. I know that their intention is going to be really, really good at that point. Um, most of the time. Um, <laughs> the, okay, look, you've undertaken this, uh, this new behaviour. This is fantastic. Um, the likelihood is because they've undertaken exercising, perhaps they're, they're a new exerciser, let's just say. Maybe not in the sense of, this, it, maybe it's not the same thing if, um, you know, you say maybe got a consistent exerciser who's uh, joined you. Say it's someone who's like, you know, effectively, you know, on a startup. Um, you know, for the first two weeks, 
you know, we're going to set our targets around um, exercise. Um, you know, we're, we're taking care of the outs. Um, congratulations, you've done that. You know, we want to, you know, celebrate those wins after a two-week period. And then now we can start to look at, you know, the nutrition side of things. In that period, in that sort of like, after that couple of weeks, you know, we may start to um, track and that, you know, you know, that creates a little bit of self-awareness over what people are doing. But it's how to then build those sort of, um, build those processes after sort of week two, week three. Um, I'm, I'm almost like timelining sort of like the customer experience. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I find that works really, really well with people is people who make their, their people generally who make their goals um, visible to themselves and other people tend to have a very good um adherence to said goals or they you know you don't want them to be in the position where they like you know shame them i'm not I'm, and then i'm not talking about just like you know basically social media but <laughs> it, it does you know it's almost a bit like a positive affirmation um yeah, if, you, yeah, if you put 100%. in space enough um you know they're going to have more buy-in to that so easy wins can be as simple as uh, writing it down you know putting it on the fridge um making a meal plan that is sustainable it doesn't need to be calorie um orientated it can be roughly about right around the foods that you know you can have buy into i think easy wins to get you moving always come down to basically creating you know you know thinking about the ideal and sort of saying well what can i do and it, as, as you said in that situation yeah something really simple that people can do is there's you know if you're not drinking two liters of water a day you know it's a hard habit for some people we don't drink two liters of water a day it sounds really simple on paper but the number one thing about drinking, you know, maintaining hydration is it's going to improve your health. It's going to improve hydration status. It's going to, you know, improve things like your mood and stuff like that. And everything, everything's better when you're when you're better hydrated. Just like sleep, you know, you're still half an hour extra sleep. Mm. You know, lots of things improve just just like that. So yeah, because saying to someone, than... yeah, saying to someone, you know, like you know, 150 grams of carbs a day if they're not um, they're not sleeping, they're stressed out um you know do you know what i mean good luck good luck with maintaining that you know like you know sticking a number on that or giving someone a diet plan to review i provide a lot of information for people so in sense of uh like you know this is what 1500 calories looks like this is what 1800 calories look like you need to know what it looks like but i'm not asking you to follow that exactly you know we've got um a cookbook which is a 28 day plan now, if someone eats to that plan for 28 days, that's fantastic. But really what I'm looking for people to do is get the shape of it, take the, you know, take the recipes um, at, that they want, you know, build it into, you know, build it into what they can do. You know, as I say, you know, with, you know, you want to make it easy and it comes back to your point on what can you do in 15 minutes, isn't it? What can you do? You know, how can you make your evening meal? You know, taste yeah. it, yeah, as I say, yeah. You know, Joe Wicks didn't invent, you know, cooking quickly, did he? You know, I, I don't have an axe to grind, by the way. So like, that sounds a bit nasty, but he's probably the most high-profile person currently. He's doing a great job, to be fair. He's, doing a, yeah. he's helping a lot of people. He's doing a good job, so fair play. Yeah, and, and again, you know, it's because the information is easy to access. You know, the messaging is actually quite simple in itself. You know, yeah, I, I mean, again, and that's why the cookbooks have sold incredibly well. Um even if all the information is out there anyway. Um, so uh, <laughs> what? why do fads 
diets and well, well let's just say let's re me rephrase that sorry uh, why do fad and popular diets you know why aren't they great for long-term results so there's a lot of things out there aren't there there's you know there's the diet clubs so you've got slimmers world you've got um weight watchers and their branding again you know free press for these guys as we discussed them through to celebrity-based plans celebrity-based workouts um through to supplement-based stuff um, and when we've spoken about appetite suppressants um you've got things like uh fat absorb um or should we say like non-fat absorbers which make you pass through uh consume fat you've got things like ketones what all of these things you know in discussion why you know do they set you up for long-term success what's your feelings uh, with a lot of these things well first of all you have to acknowledge that they all work you know if you're going to be brutally honest they all work otherwise they would not exist they would have uh, passed into the annals of history as something which was a complete load of nonsense so they all work in the short term um, basically because they all encourage a calorific deficit in the initial stages by removing a food group or encouraging a massive dip in your intake compared to where you were before you started. The reason that most fad stroke popular diets aren't effective in the long term is because they pay no attention to the things in your lifestyle which give an individual joy. So if somebody comes to me and they want to do, uh, they want to explore ketosis, you know, and they want to get into a state of ketosis so that their their body is just burning uh, fats, you know, they're, they're not going to eat any carbohydrates anymore. Uh, that's okay. And let's leave aside for just for one second, it's damn near impossible to get into a state of ketosis. I don't want to bore you to death with science. Uh, let's just leave that to one side for a minute. But what you're actually asking people to do is to avoid all starchy, starchy carbohydrates uh, for a period of time. And that actually is really difficult to maintain if you're going to remain a sociable person or carry on the lifestyle that you were leading. Now, it's a case of how badly do you want to lose the weight compared to how much you enjoy a cheeky pizza uh, or a cheeky fill in the blank with whatever food you happen to like, which doesn't include that which you've you know, decided to exclude because of your diet. It's really important to allow for some of the things which give you joy in your diet or diet plan as you bring yourself closer towards your goals. So along, want any fad diet for the short term, you know, I mean, go for it, you know, speak to one of us, we'll help you do it safely. But long-term results come from adjusting your lifestyle in order to match things which give you happiness. Food isn't just about fuel. It's about, you know, uh, the emotions. It's about being sociable. It's, it's not just fuel. It's, it's everything. It's food is life. So that needs to be acknowledged when you're actually thinking about how you're going to eat for best health, best, best energy levels, and actually using food for what it's intended. It's not just fuel. So people are always asking about this diet and that diet. And I always ask, you know, is there anything which that diet does or advises which means that you can't have something that you really enjoy the answer is yes it is not for you for the long term simple as that
Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's um, what it becomes is a process of control, isn't it? Um, and it's the battle of the, the, the plan um, versus uh, what your physiology is perhaps calling out for. And most of the time, you know, these things aren't health based. They're usually, um, well, if, if we're being, you know, if we're being really honest, a large amount of them are profit orientated. So they're going to create as big a deficit as possible to get as large a result as possible in the short term. So whether it's um, a shake based diet or, you know, it's, you know, adding a substance to certain things. Um, the actual, you know, it, it, you're buying into the marketing as much as anything else and you might have seen the results. Um, but what they don't create is a roadmap for what happens when this period of extreme calorific deprivation, you know, what, how'd you come out the other side? Because most people aren't in that uh, state of mind of sort of saying, well, I'll just go back to healthy eating afterwards. Because um, just having done them, you know, like before myself, you know, doing uh, like low carb plans, um, it's, you feel like death by about week four, you know, if you, if you go all in and, um, I did one where I dropped, I think I dropped off about 12 kilograms of weight in about four or five weeks. It was brutal. It was, it was, it was horrible. Um, I remember going for, um, I was, when I used to run, um, I remember trying to go for a run in the middle <laughs> of it just to get that, you know, get that deficit a little bit higher. And I felt like I was having a heart attack, you know, I then had probably the, the most high intensity stretch I've ever had, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been like breaking 180. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's horses for courses. I don't, let, let's not, you know, slag everything off apart from what we do. We've got to be honest. And so if you do actually want to get into uh, an outfit in four weeks time, you might have to do something dramatic, you know, fair enough. You know, mm. and if someone comes to me with that goal, then I'll do something dramatic, which I don't actually recommend for long term. Uh, but I tend to work with people and I know that you do too, who are looking for, um, a longer term solution. Uh, people normally come to the likes of us when they've tried a few of these fad diets, they haven't worked for them, where they've had success and the way it's crept back on. And that's what we're dealing with. So yeah, do any of the, the above diets and and, and mm. get into, I mean, you just said you dropped 12 kilos for crying out loud, so it worked, uh, inverted commas, uh, and then they came back on. Uh, but it's about what happens afterwards. I'd prefer, and so do my clients, that we start mm. as a mean to go on. And, yeah. and, and I, in that I, I think the dangerous thing with them is there's usually an initial win, whether that's a social thing from sort of like the more slimming orientated clubs or, you know, if it's like basically removing all the fat from your diet or all the carbs from your diet or something like that, or you can only eat, I don't know, purple food on a Tuesday. Um, you know, what happened, <laughs> what all that happens with these is that, you know, really you're, you're going to see that initial win just because of, you know, drops in things like stored carbohydrates in the body um, loss of you know body water so you're always going to see this initial surge so whilst you might get like you know an early win which is really motivating and then gets people you know maybe to buy in which you know like we we're talking about before is how to come out of it the other side um yeah you know and you know a diet isn't for life and an approach isn't for life um i find it a little bit disturbing and uh, this is me going a little bit off topic for what we planned but um, I, pr I probably get approached to sell a new dietary supplement every two to three weeks. I get maybe a phone call. Um, 
and with each of these i always i want to know the person um who i'm buying from i want you know if i if i was going to buy them uh what do they know about what they're selling and the problem mm. with most fad and popular diets is people don't have a scooby-doo what they're actually um what the impact is going to be on the person apart from the fact i do know what's going to happen if you do this for four weeks and i think that, mm. that that's the disturbing thing about these you know these a lot of these things isn't it is that even the people selling them don't understand the mechanics behind it but people are so desperate for the result when the result is actually something that they need to sort of like work on themselves for a period of time and that will actually provide you a better result um over a period so because with most fad and popular diets we all know that the uh, the weight re you know if it's a weight loss product the weight you know on average i think the average gain one year later is something like you know eight to nine kilos of people who have been in uh, slimming clubs you know, and everybody like knows this. Everybody knows this, and yet still they go for it um, mm. because of that initial success. And I think that they will be the one who can actually keep the weight off. Mm. It's 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 far more honest to actually try and change and teach people the habits that they can actually maintain. You know, some bits of the lifestyle and and have it work. I one of my taglines is, you know, I'll help you lose that belly fat. And keep drinking beer you know, because my my own belly and therefore many of my clients bellies uh, are relatively slim and we all drink beer the question is uh, knowing how much you can drink if you want to maintain your goals and a physique which you're comfortable with you know it's a long time since i've had a ripped six pack you know but i prefer beer more than i prefer more than i need or want a six pack you know i love mm. a mince pie you know, if the season's right you know, I, I, I do love a Guinness. I do love wine. I love lots of stuff, which people will assume that I don't touch. The question is knowing how much you can have of it if you want to keep your eye on that goal. So clearly I don't drink like a student anymore, but I'd be damned if I'm giving up, giving up Guinness. It's just mm. not going to happen, you know? Yeah, and people come balance. to me when they, want, when they want to keep drinking Guinness and they want to be able to, you know, not have their belly hanging over their jeans. And I think, well, I know that the two are not mutually mutually exclusive uh, and uh, yeah. the way that fad darts are marketed would have you believe they subconsciously elude uh, and propagate the lie that you need to give up this in order to get this and that simply isn't true um, if you're a big organization like these guys they they make their money by telling you you need to stop doing that in order to get to that it's not the truth but there's no it's much easier to market that than do what we're doing. Uh, obviously, people are, when they've done a number of these things and they list, list looking for a different voice, they come to us and they get long-term success and that's fine. Uh, so it is what it is. But if you're asking me the question, why don't they work is because they don't really uh, take into account people's lifestyles and how they're going to marry that with their long-term goals. I think also a lot of time when people come to them, they're buying from a point of high anxiety or stress where at that point in time, they are emotionally triggered and all they're looking at, again, you know, we're looking at headlines again. I'm looking at the headline. I'm not worried about where I am in six weeks. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I want, I want a result now. I want the number. I want the stat. And, you know, that's the hard thing, isn't it? It's like putting people back from the edge and sort of like, well, have you considered? You can literally, you can have it all. You can have it all. You know, we've just got to sort of get these, uh, you know, get your ducks in line first which, you know, is just as challenging. 
I think people like the simplicity of these things, though, that if I join the club or take the supplement or do X, Y and Z, this will be, you know, this will be what I see, um, you know, whether it happens or not. It just depends on the process, doesn't it, really? Um, of course. And it's human nature. It, it, it's there's there's nothing wrong with that. We're all human. And it and it's just what people do. Uh, the truth is, by the time someone comes uh, to me, they've normally done a few of these things and have and and seen gone through a few cycles before they try something which is a bit more involved and it involves looking at their lifestyle and getting some real help and uh yeah that's why they're in business cool okay i think uh i think we've covered some good bits there so um yeah nice one i well uh good stuff for today and all that um cheers man cheers yeah, man I, um, well done let's like let's um let's I'll get this out there all right Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can get contact with myself, Ian Mellis, um, at ResultsFast is my Instagram handle, or through my own websites, www.resultsfast.co.uk or www.ianmellis.com. You can get in contact with IO for Instagram at IO Training Nutrition, as well as his website, www.iotrainingnutrition.com. Um, thank you for listening today. It'd be really helpful if you can leave any comments or any feedback. Also, if you want any topics covered, uh, we can endeavour to look at covering for you.